Oh, we shower every day? Mm, most days, at least every other. But I probably wash my hair like twice a week, maybe. It's, it's better for the natural oils and, uh, you know, it looks just getting good. that nice it looks layering. looks great. I want to I make out with your hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> OnlyFans contact right there. Right? <laughs> uh, save it for the OnlyFans page. Hello and welcome to the 55-1 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine. We are back with a proper Minnesota United. Well, it's not a proper, but it's a podcast. And uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of Minnesota United news, MLS news. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome back, Hi. everyone. Corey Schreppel, uh, Mark Fangmeyer. Rodrigo walked away from his uh, microphone for a little bit to get uh, like three drinks or something like that. Welcome. Everyone doing okay? The 2021's doing okay? We're recording on the last night of Trump's presidency. I hope that you uh, you all got the pardons that you brought, that your uh, money, whatever pardon your money could buy. I'm not sure I have enough yeah. money to get much more of a pardon than for like a parking ticket. So A federal, <laughs> a federal parking offense? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, man. I parked in some weird ass places. I've, I've lived a <laughs> Don't life. Don't park in front of the federal building. They got some weird meter <laughs> yeah. maids there. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, let me let me uh, let's kick off with some uh, around the world news, uh, basically around Minnesota or, or MLS news. Um, we talked a little bit. We said Greg Vanny had gone to LA Galaxy or that he was going, but Greg Vanny has now been confirmed to the Galaxy. Um, Chris Armas uh, to TFC, which is a little bit surprising. I think that they were also linked to. Patrick Vieira. Um, we got news that Phil Neville, uh, completely unqualified for the job, but uh, he is going to be head coach of uh, Inter Miami, which is pretty pretty awesome, guys. I don't I know. Mean, if- he's, I mean, he, he's 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 the he's the America. He's what America. He's the Gareth Southgate that America deserves. Mm. That Inter Miami. I prefer Aaron Neville. Inter Miami deserves. Yeah, um, Aaron Neville. Man, that that guy is a beast. Have you ever seen how stacked he is? Uh huh. He's like, I don't even know if he's still alive, but he's still stacked. At like eighty, the guy could bench press both the 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 what is it, Dorian Neville and Phil Neville? I forget the other Neville brother. Um, so, uh, but then then the other thing is, um, DC United just today, we're recording on Tuesday this week, announced um, Hernan Lozada uh, as their head coach, which is a you know. Probably the most interesting signing. Uh, I think the Phil Neville signing is interesting because I love watching implosions, and I think that he's going to implode in, in Miami. But Hernan Lozada is a you know not well known uh, um, uh, coach because he has only coached at um, I don't know how to pronounce the full name, but it's Beerschot in uh, in Belgium, one of the fantastic names of uh, world soccer. They also I have not shown this to you guys yet, uh, so I'm going to just drop this in our notes because I want I want to li- get a live response. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the crest of Beershot, but um, but just marvel at this beauty. And someone described this to me. Oh wow! So yeah, so it is. <laughs> is that a a grizzly bear on its hind legs, not sh- scraping at it? Flying acorns? Yeah, basically, I think someone's throwing acorns at this at this bear. 
Why are the um, acorns upside down? I don't know. Maybe they're. I don't I, know. W- what if I? I think that they're. I'm actually imagining that those are the little um, egg cup holder things that you have for for the the hard boiled eggs for breakfast. Instead of oh, acorns, I'm not. I'm not that drunk to be able to even go that deep. So yeah. no, or, or maybe that... or they're just like really thick ice cream cones. You guys remember that that scene from Legends of the Fall, the the scene where uh, Brad Pitt dies to the to the grizzly bear. Uh, I no, never thanks saw for ruining it. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's like thirty years old. I still Bruce haven't seen it. I'm, I'm more of a River Runs Through It kind of guy. Uh, you you would be a River Runs Through It kind of guy. I see it now. I totally see that. So I feel like this is an aerial shot of a of a of a. Of a deceased grizzly bear with acorns, acorns around it. That's what I said. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it's oh, a beautiful. Like he's laying a, on his side. Yeah, it's a beautiful crest. Um, uh, and you know, I'm into it though. Be, yeah, no, it's I'm and I'm not fully making fun of it. I'm only partial. I want it. I although I, I I have to say I want more acorns. That is true. The three acorn thing makes it makes it um, it's it's just like confusing. Like how many. I feel like if it was like a whole load of acorns, we'd have like more seven. sense. If it I was a like single acorn, yeah, I'm, I'm not like sure. Horcruxes. And I'm, I've not yeah. gone. Acorns represent championships. I don't know. Or many times they've won something important. <laughs> Three times they won the, the their trophy is just a golden it's acorn. It's how many hard boiled eggs they eat every morning. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. I've not done the full uh, Wikipedia um, deep dive onto it. Um, but that so Hernan Lozada is a very interesting signing for DC United. I think that we don't get enough of those interesting, uh, random out of the blue signings. So so cool, good for him. I hope that he's a fun personality, and I can't wait to see like the uh, athletic article with Pablo Maurer like driving him around to go find donuts in DC or something like that. Whatever they're gonna eventually do, some buddy comedy. Once um, you can drive in DC again. Uh, speaking of uh, yeah, exactly. Speaking of <laughs> logos, Montreal rebranded this week as uh, Club de Foot uh, Montreal, which is uh, joining the ranks of other club foot such as Sir Walter Scott, Damon Wayans, and uh, apparently Joseph Goebbels. Um, <laughs> so the, um, the, the main logo. <laughs> I just I went to I googled famous clubbed foot and like there's web a website for like you know that's uh, obviously like talking about kind of famous people with it, but Damon Wayans is a big surprise there. Um, and Joseph Goebbels, Goebbels being in the same list. <laughs> if I was, if I was like advocating for, um, for a group of people being like, yeah, there's, there's lots of us out there, famous people, including <laughs> famous Nazi Joseph Goebbels. Uh, I'd, I would just leave him out of the list is what I'm saying. So, um, all right. Anyway, Montreal rebranded, uh, They've got the the big snowflake uh, as as the logo. Um, the the well, the thing that also interested me is that they had these hype videos that they put out, and um, all these soccer hype videos are, are pretty much the same thing. They're like cut of like, um, uh, extremely like multiracial urban setting, and it's like we are a city. We have streets. We play soccer. They're all basically the same thing. Could be the same city. Um, but what was cool about this one is they recorded it in like English, French, and then also in Mohawk, which is like, you know, I, all of their stuff is already done in English and French. But I thought it was cool to try try to like gesture toward more than just 
the the basic uh, communities that they would reach out to. So anyway, what do you yeah. guys think about the the rebrand? You don't have to comment on the the hype videos, but what do you think about the snowflake? I think it looks great. Like I'm all like it's it's better than what they had. I'm a sucker for symmetry and uh, simplicity, and I think it looks really nice. It's fine. Okay, I don't care either way. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I mean, living in a cold state and being a brown man, being oppressed by just falling white stuff all the time. I mean, it doesn't doesn't call to me. <laughs> But I can I can I can see some I think I've seen these snowflakes like on like Target Target hoodies or, or wool wool hoodies or, or like in bad Christmas uh, sweatshirts. Actually, I think they took the design from a, um, a former Macy's Santa Bear. <laughs> I think uh, what I, I I like the redesign. First of all, Montreal Impact was a terrible name. The logo was absolute garbage. Um, I like keeping history, but those that history was not good. Um, the thing about the logo is it, it is too much in the vein of like generic contemporary logos. You know, if, if you saw it on just a hat, you'd have no idea it was Montreal, uh, CF Montreal, um, the, yeah. the soccer team. Um, it would look like just basically any Ascoff, Finlayson, whatever. Yeah. Uh, is that the that their name? Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you guys remember the Seattle Supersonics logo, which was just a skyline, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Inside of a basketball, I think that would be something like that would be much better than, especially the, if if CF Montreal put Sean Kemp on their badge. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah, Gary uh, Payton. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on, there there was like dueling press conferences this week um, about the CBA negotiations. I honestly have been um, too busy doom scrolling other things, so I'm I'm not clear on what's happening with the CBA negotiations. Mark, you, you've you at least um, allowed other people to inform you on... on what's, yeah, what's going- so, I mean, if you, the, um, was it the Total Soccer Show on Fridays, it's the allocation disorder where this is all MLS. Mm. And um, they went in deep on it. And, I mean, basically, uh, MLS owners did the force majeure on the contract saying that, you know, 2021 is going to be a shit show of epic proportions because of the pandemic. Uh, they're going to be out a bunch of money, so they need to renegotiate the contract again. Mm-hmm. Even though they, like, I mean, they signed a new contract in February of 2020, renegotiated prior to the MLS's backroom in June of 2020, and now they do this. So now they're on their third CBA negotiation in, uh, you know, a year. Yeah. And it's it's been really interesting. It, I mean, you should definitely go back and just listen to um, Telesoccer. They go into huge detail. Like, they go through all the, like, they break down, like, per team how much, like, the dollar value is of what MLS is asking, like, uh, you know, the players to give up and everything. And it's it's basically just comes down to, like, uh, yeah, so, like, the doing press conferences, Don Gardner came out because apparently there's, like, a 30-day period to negotiate once the force majeure clause is called and... With that, that was coming up on like the 28th of January soon. Mm-hmm. And so like, I mean, Don Gardner does like two press conferences a year and that's about it. And he comes out and like, this is like, yeah, we haven't, it's been two weeks. We haven't heard anything. Like I, I they have no urgency. Like maybe we'll just, I mean, you know, by the 28th, we can just rip up the CBA, the current CBA if we want to. And so then like the head of the players union came out and said like, Don Gardner is not a lawyer. 
and he does not know what he's talking about. And he can't, they, no, you can't just rip up the CBA. Um, we always get, to, we, they haven't even announced when the season's going to start. We always negotiate up until the beginning of the season. That's how we did it in February and March last year, the, the previous one. That's how we're going to do it now. And um, yeah, it was, as far as off-season drama goes, um, it was good. Uh, but yeah, but no, but and basically it's a big kind of power grab by the owners. Uh, and it's bullshit actually that they called the, they did the force majeure clause and everything. So if mm. you're looking for what side to be on, be on the good team and be on the side of the players union. Yeah. Always be on the side of the players union. I mean, I want to see soccer this year. I want all of it to happen, but also screw those owners and anything, never the- be on the, if you're on the side of Stan Kroenke, then, uh. You're, you're a bad person. Well, not only that, but like the report that was like almost 20% of players who play MLS season contracted COVID. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that was, that's like, then you're, then you're, then you're, you want to renegotiate players' health in the aspect of it. Like, I get that, you know, the, the, the player, the players lost money too, but the, that the owners lost money, but the owners decided to have a season as well as the players. So it's like, I yeah. like, I, I can't care less about the owners, to be honest. Yeah, I know. And interesting too is like if, uh, if you, they, um, again, at Total Lecture, they went through all the numbers. Like it was just a big, basically math program. It was great if you're big into math. Uh, but like we did the numbers and they basically figured out like what the um, owners are asking the players to give up for like their offer after doing the force majeure. Basically, it comes down to about $550,000 per team is what they're going to actually gain out of it but like what the but like and then they also went into like it's great like i think there's like uh 10 owners that are on the like forbes billionaire list and eight of them have actually gained money and like made a profit over since the pandemic started so the whole like we can't handle this we was like no you're like you're billionaires and like 10 of you are actually or you know, eight of the ten that are on the list made money over this. It's like, yeah, you're doing fine. It's um, yeah, it's it's a very interesting thing where like, I mean, five hundred fifty thousand dollars per team is nothing on like a player salary side. Like that's like one tam buy down. Like yeah. it's and it's yeah. as far as discretionary spending goes, it's nothing. Like, but the whole thing is that they want to push the um, bargaining, the the CBA. They want to push that out until at the twenty twenty seven. Which puts them after the World Cup, so that they can they don't have to deal with any sort of, uh, you know, uh, labor discussions going into the post World Cup kind of thing. So they're ready to go with that, which is the whole goal. Even though they're kind of going to screw over the players to do it. Yeah. Um, the draft is this week. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew that. <laughs> it's been totally under my radar. Um, mostly, I mean, because Minnesota doesn't have great picks. Um, but also uh, just COVID um, and general world falling apart. But the top picks are going to be Austin, Cincinnati, Houston, D.C., and Atlanta because they're a terrible team. Um, but they are in the CONCACAF Champions yeah. uh, League because, you know, U.S. soccer sucks. Yeah, well, and they kicked our asses in a final. Yes, and then got it again the next year. It, it is stupid, but... If only we had started Darwin Quintero. Hey, comrades. Oh, um, let's talk. To, let's go on tangents about that for 20 minutes. Um, last last thing in this section. I want a Copa Libertadores update uh, because I, I know what's going on. I've not watched a damn thing of it. Uh, so, Rodrigo, what, what's going on there? All right. So, 
I just want to say we're going to have a Brazilian final. So, uh, so Palmeiras and Santo literally beat the crap out of the Argentinian teams. The, the really interesting uh, leg was the River Plate Palmeiras uh, because uh, Palmeiras was up 3 nothing on the aggregate. And then in the, re- in the second game, um, River Plate was able to put up two. And there was a controversial third goal that could have happened that was called offsides, but barely. Uh, I've mentioned several times how much I love the Comebol VAR discussion. And in the uh, second leg of the Santos and Boca Juniors game, I was showing you guys at the 55 minute, there's a red card from a Boca Juniors player in which he literally like shoulders a player, right? And then as he fall, as the other player falls down, he stomps on his arm slash stomach. And we're talking like stomp, but like if you look at his face, it just stomps and just yeah, he, kind of as grits. he's as he's stomping, he's giving this face like like <laughs> it's it's amazing. And then he gets a direct red card. Santa wins three nothing. So the final is this uh, Saturday, the thirtieth, two p.m. It's Palmeiras. Versus Santos, which is a crazy final, a Brazilian final. We'll see who walks out alive. So far in this final leg of, uh, in the semifinal leg, there's been a total of like minimum three red cars. <laughs> and so, and like, it, it's been crazy. Like, like it's, it's been fun to watch, but at the same time, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to, to not seeing a, a Argentinian team beat. Um, be have a final in a sense, you know. Yeah. I kind of like the the Brazilian aspect of it because it'd be fun. All right. Well, on that, let's take a break. We'll come back and we uh, we got some Minnesota United stuff. Um, so I've been drinking. Um, it's gin and uh, sweet vermouth, which is called a gin and it. Um, and then I added uh, that Eastern German herbal liqueur that I drink all the time, um, Aromatique. And uh, it's from Turinga, like uh, Martin Luther or whatnot. Um, and uh, I- I'm wondering, I-, I need a name for it. Like taking a, a-, a gin, because I want to make it, once I get the recipe right, I want to make it a uh, one of the premixed cocktails that we have. And, uh, and I can't think of it. I need to think of what a... Uh, Adding an East German uh, or just a German bit to a to a kind of gin cocktail. Do you do you, do you lean into the the Martin Luther bit? Yeah, I would go like heavy on the like some sort of like Lutheran. Yeah, yeah. I mean, going heavy into the Luther thing doesn't really fit Blackheart, um, just because it's all <laughs> like soccer and uh, mostly being extremely Lutherans. sacrilegious with a. Uh, Wait, is John Tesh German? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Um, he, I mean, anyway, the Tesh. So I'm, I'm <laughs> to, to listeners out there. I am taking uh, any nominations for names. Um, we, you can, we can roll from it from there. Uh, let's talk about Minnesota United. Um, the draft is this week, as I mentioned. It's on Thursday. Uh, our picks are. We just have the 25th and 38th, and the 38th is what we got from the toy trade. Um, so, you know, obviously any person that, uh, we draft in that spot, will have to complain about losing Mason toy. Although I don't know, I don't really feel terrible about losing Mason toy at this point. He no. didn't, 
I mean, like, I mean, they got a the good deal with for the, him. With the, yeah, the whole the whole thing with the draft this year is, I I I'm genuinely curious to know how, um, how we were scouting for this stuff given COVID and Amos just, was on the uh, Minnesota United uh, podcast that I don't listen to. So hmm. I'm, I'm, okay. I expect to go into the the Patreon Slack and uh, ask people who listen to it and have them tell me what what was said because I oh yeah that's, that's I can't do that's it. I do the, I do want to hear what Amos said because I love him so yeah I, I I'm genuinely genuinely curious about how teams are scouting colleges and um and all that kind of stuff anyway because it it just feels like it's just a lot but I mean we've had pretty good luck with lower level picks I mean Hassani Dotson was what 30 31st and that's why his his number is 31 right something like that that makes sense sure um sure. say it say it and it's true yeah exactly it's the internet it's a podcast that means it's real yeah I'm just I'm a little bit torn because like Natalie and Brulia yeah pretty much just because we have we're actually good which is why we don't have a high pick this year but at the same time, we have no academy system or anything to get homegrown. So like developing young, like getting young players, the draft was our only option. So either we trade up, which I, I could actually see if there's somebody that Minnesota United wants, I could see them trading up and getting a spot. Like, I mean, granted, Philadelphia won the Supporter Shield, so they're not going to do it. But like they're notorious for like selling they all of their did. draft They already did. They sold it did to they? all to Nashville. Yeah. They okay. just announced yeah. with like a uh, Britney Spears video today. Like I could, they were like, I we could, literally do not need it. Yeah, I could see Minnesota trade if they if there's somebody that they actually are going for. I could see them trading up to get them, just because we have no youth development going on whatsoever at our, at our club, and yeah. so this is the only means Ouch. we've ever had to get young players in. So, and especially if there's somebody who is on like a home an Adidas homegrown kind of contract or whatever whatever well there's the ga there's the generation adidas Gener- which, that's what i'm talking about the generation adidas. Yeah. If there's somebody on one of those yeah. that's available that they are interested in i could see them trading up to get a spot just because i mean why not i mean even yeah. the like the amount of gam you have to give up for a top spot in the draft is pretty minimal anyways i mean it's it's as much as the, what they paid for like will trap um so I think I'm of two minds. I think you are, are absolutely right that the team does need to have a long-term solution to, well, where are we getting younger players from? And maybe they don't feel like they need to get younger players, but like you can't always pick up a Will Trap, right? Um, we'll talk about him in a minute or or all these guys. You have to bring some players in like Asani Dotson. Um, you can do some of that through the draft, but... Again, your draft picks are getting worse because you're actually getting better, so which is a great thing. But you you also just need some numbers in there, and um, and you need players who kind of are not ready necessarily to be starters that you're bringing through that, or you can turn them into something. You just need a pipeline. We don't have a pipeline. Um, I, I I I'm actually like I'm, I'm, you know, where where was it that Ethan Finley went to to college? Was it, did he they also all went go to, to Creighton. Yeah, like yeah, the whole so entire like, team you went know, to Creighton. I mean, he he and Brent Coleman were there, and you know, I I wonder. Eric and now Miller. you've got like this Maryland connection with with what Dane St. Clair and Chase Gasper. Yeah, I mean, Chase was drafted fifteenth, so it's like, 
we have a history of being able to dig down a little bit further um, and and get some, I don't want to say diamond in the rough kind of stuff, but um, it makes me, it does make me wonder Pedro that. Pedro in the rough. Pedro in the rough. Um, <laughs> talk about an OnlyFans. Um, yeah, that's turning yeah. uh, <laughs> a little bit, yeah, not, not quite fully. But, um, yeah. but, but it does make me wonder that, does that become part of our recruiting process with these colleges that, you know, we do have a Dane and we do have a Chase. We do have this, this Creighton connection. You, you still know, have to draft have, them though, but I mean, you yeah, still I, know have you, to, I know you still have to draft them, but you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. we, we can still develop this process or d- develop these relationships with these, these pipelines with, with some of these schools. So I, do you really think anything from anybody from Miss United actually spoke to any of these schools beforehand? Well, I mean, the coaches, I, I, yeah, sure, probably. Yeah, I mean, because sure. I, I think that uh-huh. like um, uh, people like uh, Amos or Mark would be talking to, to would know a lot of those coaches and talk to them and are like getting advice from them. Yeah, I think that yeah. that's that's true. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, yeah. I just I just wish that they would get rid of the draft and let let teams negotiate directly with if there's a 19 year old who they think okay we think we want to get this guy out of college you can offer him a contract and you can offer him a hundred thousand dollar a year contract or two hundred thousand or a three you know whatever totally Um, i I think that there's just no reason to have the the draft at at this point um it doesn't it doesn't do the job that like in the nba where it's like you you can if you're bad you can get this great pick it's just like that that means the teams that are doing have the best connections and scouting. Are we, doing we, the best. We, like they got rid of the combine and all that shit too. So it's like, yeah. who knows what it's going to be? But I mean, the, the thing is also is that the United States is one of the few countries that has a system where people play soccer, college, college soccer, right? Yeah. A lot of other places, you're like you're 17, 18, you're academy bound, mm-hmm. or you've been in an academy system, and and that's how you where you work yourself up. So college, really puts everything in a different perspective and, 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 and it gets complicated, but, but I, I feel like if you're going to draft from the, from, from college and it's going to be like a, a pick that's going to, you know, take some, take some time to develop in a sense, a lot easier to develop someone who's already been trained in some sort of things and you just have to nitpick or see if they make it or not. Right. I mean, your commitment is three mm-hmm. years right now. Mm-hmm. I think we have only what one forward. Right in yeah. our roster, yeah, and, and it is it is not our, our starting forward, right? With Foster so I mean, Langsdorf, yeah. if I was Minnesota, I'd be like, you know what? I have the twenty fifth pick. I I you know I can get a forward, right? I, if I can get a forward or, or someone who plays in the wing, specifically on the left, that's a gamble I'm willing to take for three years. And if it doesn't work, and if it works perfectly, if it works somewhat good, I can sell that player for six hundred thousand dollars, right? Yeah, like Mason Toy, right? I mean, yeah. like you look at that, right? Yeah. And and that's an, an investment you can play you you can you can you can work on it. But I, I I think so far I think the draft is not valued as much as other people think they are. I I see value in it, but I don't see like you know you're gonna get like a top yeah. golden boot winner striker out of it. Or no, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what we get. Um, I have kind of in the past made the mistake of. Uh, Kind of making fun of like who the hell is this Sasani Dotson guy? Even the MLS guys don't know who he is, and so um, you know we, we've had some players who, at least at the at minimum, they offer us quality. Um, remember this guy material. So um, 
we did, uh, speaking of remember this guy, Kevin Molino, if you remember that guy, he signed the crew. Um, we, last time we recorded like a full month ago, we knew that he was going elsewhere. Um, we, I assumed, uh, it would be international uh, because Minnesota United kind of gave him the best offer they could in free agency. Now, we, we they could have made him a better offer during the season and said, hey, we want to give you a million dollars a year um, and X amount of, for X amount of time, they didn't do that. They waited until free agency. And so then they can only offer 10% of the, whatever the hell the, the, the yeah. weird ass Mark Abbott uh, equation that, that is done. And so, um, I just assume that if he didn't take that, then he's not going to the, to another MLS team, but he went to Columbus crew and yep. th- someone, one of you has an explanation, Mark. Yeah, so he, um, from reports that I've seen, and like again, nothing's confirmed because, you know, there's no ever information released as far as this goes, by the way. Supposedly, Minnesota offered him a two-year contract with a one-year option afterwards, and Columbus offered him a three-year guaranteed contract. So, I mean, if you're 31 years, I think it's 31 years old. Uh, if you're 31 years old and you have a chance to have three years guaranteed versus two, and you're towards the end of your career, you take the three years because yeah. why not? I mean, it's, it's smart. Like, honestly, like, I, nothing, like, he did the very smart play where he got the guaranteed money for longer into his 30s than he, than he was offered at Minnesota. And, it- and, he's, and he's going to the reigning MLS Cup champs. He's going to have Giazzi Zardes up top. He's going to have Zella Ryan, which Rodrigo, like you've mentioned, you know, it's a similar number, similar quality, number 10 feeding him. Um, I'm just imagining him like just dangling grapes over Kevin Molino. Um, and I guess, um, do you think it was hearing that the, the big thing was a hang up was, and we'll take this as true, right? Um, the guaranteed years, is it smart for Minnesota to have, to have balked on the three year thing for a injury prone, uh, player who's not our, you know, who's a very great part of our attack, but not. Not the center point, like Bebelo. I'm really glad that they did not sign him to a longer term contract because with his history, like I mean, he wasn't even he wasn't even healthy all of this season. Yeah. Like he got injured for a little bit during the MLS's back term, didn't he? Like I, yeah. I yes, he yeah, yeah. He was out, he was out um yeah, yeah for several for yeah. at least a few matches. Yep. But yeah, like and like it's just his history, like He's never been fully healthy for, I mean, yeah. I mean, this is, as far, if we can go and like, here's the thing, like the last four transfer windows, Minnesota United has actually been very, very good at the players they brought in. If they can continue that and they can use his spot on the left and actually fill it with either a DP or a TAM level player who is younger and less injury prone than Kevin Molino, or they can finally give Chacon a chance as well. Like that's true as well. Like or, I just I kind of just assume they're going to loan him to Europe. But I mean, if they could do that, that's there as well. But no, but like, if, you a, yeah. if you have a chance to upgrade from a 31 year old injury prone uh, left winger with who, with questionable defensive skills, who does not play defense. Uh, with someone who is, you know, 26, 27, 
who has the same skills, willing to play defense, and also younger, faster, and less likely to get injured, it's win-win. And so, like, so long as you give Minnesota United the benefit of the doubt and that they'll be able to find that player, I think it's a very good move. Yeah. I mean, um, he's, he's also played how long on the under, under Heath, right? I mean, it's like, and in, in his, in his reasoning, he's like, new challenge, new coach, new atmosphere, Right, I mean that's what he was saying, and so yeah. I'm like, I mean right. he's played he's played under Heath since he was in USL. So I mean, so like I get it, I get that aspect of it, but I also understand the fact that look, I he he couldn't go anywhere else that 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 unless they had someone that could set him up for him to be able to create offense. If he was going to be the sole point of creating offense, then that was just going to be a step backwards for him. And and, and Columbus is a is a perfect spot to land to. I mean, now the the, the conversation is going to be uh playing time, right? How much playing time is he is is he going to get in that uh very nice midfielder midfield that they have. So yeah, I I I'll just say I agree with you. I think that uh this is a pretty good decision by the team and um I, as much as I will miss watching some of that sex happen on, on the, the field. Um, you know, we now have to find a, uh, left winger. Um, we'll talk about some of the, uh, the, the watches with that in, in a few minutes, but, um, we also signed finally announced uh, will trap, uh, the, the oddly apportioned consonant, uh, will trap <laughs> only one L two P. Um, maybe he just shortens it from William Von trap. And oh he yeah! He doesn't want anyone to know. Yeah, man. The hills are alive with the sound of passing. I got a I got a holiday card from Julie Andrews this year. Oh my god! You we were, know. Did you? I did. Can Tell you me more? Can you just stop being awesome? All right. Yeah, that's cool. It's so it's so hard. It's yeah, so hard. It is very tough. Um, I actually told my <laughs> I actually told my daughter Wilhelmina. I was like. You know, I know someone who got um, a Christmas card from Mary Poppins. And she's like, what? Mary Poppins sends Christmas cards? Yeah. Jim Chim Tree, motherfuckers. Yep. You're, you're a big deal. You're a big deal at our house, Corey. All right. Will Trap. Um, you know, I, I'll i admit my general um, thoughts about Will Trap were a little bit more negative. Uh, and I've, I've now, now that I've done surprise, a little surprise. bit more research, research feel better, better, better about him. Mostly because he's been a pretty good uh, midfielder. He, he excelled in Columbus. But then he went to Inter-Miami from Columbus for, I think, 200,000 um, trade to Miami. I've got to look this up. I looked it up before. Um, it was basically like, in exchange for a hundred thousand in GAM and two hundred thousand extra in incentives, which is this was like one of the best central midfielders for Columbus Crew, and they sent him away for like half a Mason toy. And but it, it also has to do with the fact that I think he was on his option year. Yeah, at Columbus, so therefore, like they took his option. So he was he they took his option for the twenty twenty season, and then. In the um, lead up to the 2020 season, that's when they traded him, knowing that he would. I think they were assuming that he wanted to go to free agency. Yeah. So they knew that, like, if they didn't sell him now, then he would just play for Columbus and they would get nothing for him at the end of the season. So they kind of took what they could get. Yeah. 
And so now we we sign him. And so that kind of gave me the sense like, well, if these guys didn't value him, what are we? What am I missing? But when I kind of looked at, at his stats, I look He's at solid. Yeah, when I look at like his last year, so tw- in twenty twenty, he was ranked twenty um, seventh for recoveries with eight point seven seven per per ninety. He was ranked seventeenth um, for kind of uh, the like eight and a half progressive passive me- long passes uh, or decently, you know, not tiny little passes. I think it has to be more than twenty yards passes. Um, he was ranked overall 43 passing in the league for 48.87 for average completed per 90. Um, so he's a good passer. He's a, he's a pretty decent defender. Um, is he the replacement for Ozzy? Or is he the replacement I, I, for Greg Gar- or, or are we just thinking well, like, no, I, I think that I think we need to, I, I, I need people to get off that horse that we're trying to replace Ozzy. Hey, you can't find someone like Ozzy. Like, Ozzy is someone unless you comes, get Chara, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. If unless you get something like Chara, but that's that's hard to come by, and it's going to cost you quite a bit of money to be able to do so, and rightly so. So, do I think will tra- the question is because will Trap do the things that we need to do in the midfield? The question is, the answer is is yes, yes he can, right? If you pair him with a with a Gregouche, uh, or if you do a like a double six kind of thing, we've we've seen that we need to have someone who can. Not only stop the uh, the transition in the midfield, but also have great passing accuracy to your wings or to Bebelo. We've, we, yeah. It's been proven that's what we need and that's what works. That's why Gregor is no longer uh, don't want to say as valuable, but he he's his main focus is no longer creating or, or or taking free kicks or any other that kind of stuff. He's secondary, and that his job is to get the ball in into the persons who can who can create the offense the, the, the quickest and that's I, I, that's been proven I, I i agree with you 100 i i would argue the the closest player we have to that description on our on our roster right now is jacory hayes yeah like the way the way that he pairs with with whoever whoever it is in the in the midfield he's oh. unlocking our offense with some of those through balls and some of those passes those silky passes that he had those long Talk passes. dirty to me they were just just <laughs> uh Jacory and just uh Jacory me daddy. Um you know, and, and the beauty of Will Trap too is that like he uh his long balls are I thought it was really dirty when yeah, I say it's this. this, this his long balls very are only fake. only fans. <laughs> but no, like he has a he has the ability where he can uh kind of uh save uh you know bail out a defense in that he can like just put a long ball on a dime to one of the wingers. Yeah. And Having that in the repertoire, because like Ozzy's great, but Ozzy Ozzy doesn't have that. And putting that in the repertoire will kind of help to make up for the whole like not having a bruiser out there defensively that that Ozzy is. But and still like Will Trap, I would say Will Trap like and Ozzy, they're both really good with like the close passes and clearing it out and like work and working the ball up from the defense to the um, uh, attacking midfielders. And so I I think it's a really good signing, and especially because. Hopefully, and again, we don't know if Ozzy's coming back. It seems like he's, I don't know why he wouldn't come back if they can work out a deal. Yeah. And especially because, I mean, he, I, Ozzy only started 10 games last year. So if he comes back to a regular, like basically every third match, if he's coming out and can start or play or, you know, come on in like, like the 70th minute, if we have a lead and help hold it down, like I think it'd be great. And I, I just having those options there and, 
basically having more than one option at defensive midfield is going to be really great for the club. It, it all it also makes me wonder if you know is there is there some sort of system change in the background? The, the with with Heath, I can't imagine he would shift systems at all ever in any meaningful way with any sort of intention. Um, it's purely by accident or because it's the English way. But um, I don't know. No, and also with Ozzy too. If you if you could somehow sign him to a contract where he's also a coach. Because he'd be a great coach. Start transitioning him into a coaching role where he's a player slash coach. All of a sudden, part of his salary doesn't count towards the salary cap anymore anyway. So you can still pay him so long as the owners are willing to do so, but it won't take up the cap space if you have him be in a coaching role. So like Is that true? Say, yes. I didn't know that. Oh. Uh-huh. Hey. So let's I say I don't know about know? that though. I don't I don't I don't know. I about don't. That. Like if, if I want him to coach, I don't want him to coach for us. It just just because <laughs> of the of the way that the things are and like I unless he's going to be given like a head coaching position or like a major Honestly, position. Honestly, the, the fact that professor has anybody the on the coaching staff that speaks Spanish would be an upgrade. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, they have my number, but I mean, I could but but anyways, here's the, here's the thing. Like we're all assuming Ozzy comes back in some sort of way. If Ozzy comes back in some sort of way, and let's say we're playing a Columbus crew or we're playing an LAFC or we're playing a team who, or like a, or, or a Dallas, how awesome would it be to have two number sixes out there to be able to slow down for a bit? And then if one of them gets tired, you've been in Gregory's to, and tell them, hey, this guy hit you last time. Just get angry and, and turn into like the, and, and turn into the Hulk that we know you can be and just, just, just take a yellow or two. Just Will, Trap is, Will Trap is not starting over Gregoosh. This the Gregoosh is is locked in for this for the central midfield as long as he's yeah. here. He's one of our DPs. He's uh, I think been excellent. Buy um, down Gregoosh. Yeah, you can buy him down, but I'm just saying like if you're doing that, you're still keeping him and starting him. Um, so I, I just I think that you you can you can dream all you want, but that's not not changing. Yeah, and plus, Gregus is not a number six, so I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, it's yeah. not like he's taking Will Traps going to take Gregus's job because they're different positions. Yeah. Um, okay, let's uh, let's take a break here. We've got some uh, we've got some watches that we'll come back with, and then we've got some uh, some questions. Five-one podcast, and uh, let's start with the watches here. Let's let's catch in, uh, catch up on the watches. We first up, we've got most of this is going to be Mark Fangmeyer uh, territory, but the Martins watch, Felipe Martins watch. This is my watch uh, because Felipe Martins, uh, central midfielder, uh, noted asshole, uh, started following me on Twitter, and then I, I discovered that he started following fifty-five-one on Twitter, which. Uh, is basically just Alex Schieferdecker, by the way, if you ever want to know if it's me. I don't have access to it anymore. Um, and then he also followed Jerry Zagoda. And so we, you know, this is old school 55-1 uh, uh, Twitter um, transfer watch stuff. So we were like, oh, my God. But he's got like an ACL injury. So he's out until next summer. Why would we need another aging injured? But anyway, he's not coming. I've been told that. It is extremely unlikely, but the watch is still on. Uh, 
And so we'll keep it up. Amaria Watch. Uh, who's got the update on Amaria? Yeah. So it was reported that um, he is. So basically, like, he was on loan to Minnesota United. His loan expired on December 31st. And uh, there was a buy option with which Minnesota decided not to take. And so, therefore, Minnesota United supposedly had been negotiating with, um, oh, I forget his club name in Argentina that he's actually signed to. Um, but anyways. Vélez. Uh, Vélez. Yes, correct. And, um, but supposedly, um, uh, LDU, which is located in uh, Ecuador, which is, for all of those who don't remember, in 2019, he led the league in scoring in Ecuador, um, is supposedly interested and wants to bring him back into the club, into the league. Um, supposedly the um, rumor is that uh, terms of the deal are that there is a, it'll be a loan with a um, purchase option of 50% of his rights at the end of the 2021 season. And here's the kicker uh, is that I don't know if you guys remember back during I'm a real watch back in the day about a year ago, but right like a week before he actually signed with Minnesota United, he, uh, started following Minnesota United on Instagram. And just this week, he um, stopped following Minnesota United on Instagram. And he started following um, uh, LDU on Instagram instead, the Ecuadorian club that is rumored to be uh, pursuing no him. So that I is, don't think we're going to have Amaria okay, back next year. That is how, my how, kind How of, did you find out that he unfollowed Minnesota United? That's the dumbest thing Instagram. I've ever heard and the greatest thing. Keep going. Um, I, I did not actually know that. Uh, there is, um, God, it's like, uh, I don't even know who does the Twitter account of it. There's like a um, MNUFC11 Twitter handle that um, actually, I think he's like a 15-year-old guy. He actually does really good stuff on Instagram too. Like you should okay. check out his stuff. But um, he responded to like, I posted something about how he, um, Amaria was following this Ecuadorian club. He's like, yeah, he doesn't follow Minnesota United anymore. I was like, I did not know that, but um, there it is. So, um, so yes, yeah, so he's gone. He's basically dead to us is what I'm saying. So Amaria. I mean, I mean, props to him for being like, you know what? I'm not on this team anymore. I, I, I do don't not have to need follow any your information from him. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's still funny because he still follows like all of the players, like, well, that's like, different. That's oh, yeah. different. Like he has, he has actual relationships yeah, with them, true. and he doesn't need to know what uh, fucking day of the week it is. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. it's a, um, it's a it's Tuesday. Uh, watch. So, oh, sorry. Okay. No, I was just gonna say. So you're telling me the bro picture that was taken in Miami with like Bebelo, Chase, and Amaria was all all for nothing. How are you going to put a price on friendship? He comes to Minnesota, doesn't know anybody. Yeah, man. Close with his teammates. They decide to $5.3 million. That's what it costs. He gets injured and has to have surgery in a foreign country. Imagine if, you know, he got injured and had to have surgery in the foreign country. It's, and for a young guy like that, it's trying. So he, he leans on his friends and good for him. Just like Mark And they plan a bromance. Like, get together in Miami, good on them. Right, Fun let's... fact about Sugar Ray, the drummer wrote all the hits. Oh. Did not know that. Mm-hmm. So he's getting, he's making the real money. That is why um, uh, Mark McGrath, a.k.a. Luis Maria, um, he is, is he always is just the, chasing uh, the money because he's not Sug- making the money. Exactly. Sugar Ray's drummer is is just the Don Henley and Phil Collins of our yeah. generation. Oh, yeah, man. That is that, that's wait. impressive. 
Don, but Don Henley and Phil Collins, they didn't write those songs either? No, but they're drummers who no, wrote the No, but they're drummers. Oh, yeah. Who wrote well, the songs. Oh, okay. The real part is who's, ma- who's making the money from those. It, it, from those it, none uh, of it matters. My, my logic is not sound. Anyway. Okay. Bore Watch. Uh, yeah, this is a thing that Matt Doyle created. It actually has no legs. There's nothing confirming any of it. It's just that in like two of his like pieces of where he, he goes through like team by team and writes like a six or 8,000 word thing where he describes what every team needs. And in that for Minnesota United in the last two days written, he says that um, we need to sign, you know, the best striker in uh, South America right now. And um, yeah, here's the thing. Uh, Originally, uh, Berea got to start at Deportivo Cali, which we all know we have a rich history of players from Deportivo Cali. So, um, yeah, and his contract expires this June, which, uh, okay, but but uh, but Rafael Santos Borre was the guy who he's one of the people that scored the goals in the River Play Palmeiras, uh. Semi like finals, like mm-hmm. look as as if if his price was eleven million dollars, and he tore up Palmeiras for what he was able to do, like his ice cream price is now like, if not fifty million dollars. Well, oh, his no, contract is there's no in, way in, there's no way that we're going to get someone like no, that. but eleven million dollars is like the um, transfer market price on him. Like supposedly Everton has put in a bid for him for seventeen million dollars that River Plate said, no, you need to match our $35 million release clause value for him. And so, like, of course, I mean, it, it all comes back. Like, but if his contract is up in, in June, then you don't have to pay it at all. Exactly. But, I mean, it's, the, I mean he's not going on a free transfer. They're going to get rid of him and make some money before then. Yeah, okay. I'm, in other I mean, words, Matt Doyle is wrong. No, well, Matt I, Doyle's I, just I, dreaming for us. Hey, man, live here. Yeah, live like, your and dream. here's the thing. Like, we all know, like, I mean – we play paid what like for Reynoso it was like a five million transfer fee mm-hmm. to have him come to Minnesota, and initial like back in January before COVID before everything, I think it was like a ten or twelve million dollar was like reported what Boca wanted for him, and the nice thing is that uh, transfer fees like the market's completely dropped out for transfers as far as like value goes, and so there's just a lot of clubs that are struggling right now that need cash, and the. It's dropping out. So maybe if I mean, obviously, I don't think Minnesota United is going to be um, battling with Everton or Atletico Madrid for this guy, for a striker. But if they could, that'd be awesome. Um, let's go to Ibarguen, Ibarguen watch. Sorry, I I tried to tried to do it and I just failed. Um, he plays for Club America, left winger. Uh, this one came from a an ESPN article from Mexico. Uh, what? What can we say about him or in, about this potential deal? Um, yeah, I mean, he this season, like starting uh, the um, you know the 2020-2021 season, uh, hasn't gone well for him. He was injured for most of August and September, and since then has kind of lost his starting spot to a younger left winger. Um, a younger, but, prettier, I mean, blonder left winger. Yeah, there's younger, blonder, better looking, nicer calves, you know, the, all the stuff. <laughs> Fellow Colombian. Yeah. And so, uh, but I mean, he's still 28 and um, 
I mean, it's a miracle he's still playing. Yeah, I mean, at that age, really, it is at 28. Uh, But no, I like, and I actually think he would be a good signing for Minnesota if they could get him on a TAM deal. Um, He's, his stats aren't super impressive. Like his, uh, you know, assists and everything, assists per game, per 90, goals per 90 are, are pretty not great. I mean, I, mean, I think yeah. last year, like previous year, the 2019 season, 2020, like he had 30 appearances, 18 were starts. He had about 1,500 minutes, and in that he had four goals and two assists. Here, here's the deal. We So we went to one of the things that we started doing and we're testing out um, uh, is using Scout, using the kind of scouting software uh, subscription with our Patreon funds. Thank you for supporting Which, thank us, you. Patreons. Um, I already used all of our allotted... Uh, <laughs> Um, um, Thanks, <laughs> not Dad. Our, not our minutes, but anyway, sorry, yeah, we're going to talk about the this. The first guys. day, like, anyway, you get one major report. You're like, I got a report, guys. Yeah, yeah. We only, yeah, we, I used them all. Um, so, and then I used it for Will Trap like an idiot. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> moral of the story is, from what I gather from from uh, the stats, and again, stats only give you a look at it, is that here's a guy who takes on a lot of people on the left wing and succeeds but gives up the ball and then gets the ball in and doesn't do much with it. And um, it's like basically Darwin Quintero without the goals. It's just like, what's the point of Darwin Quintero without the goals? I don't know, because he he has a lot of really great runs and dribbles and things like that, but his passing is terrible. His completions are terrible. So so he's a a cheaper version of Luis Diaz from the crew? Uh, Sure. Yeah, how, how many knee injuries has he had in the last eighteen mm, months? I think at least seven. So no, I'm then, kidding. I have then, no idea. Then, so I'm surprised. <laughs> then then we sign him to our, we buy down Greg. We should make him our third DP. <laughs> Look, here's the thing though: is that Club America is known as the Hollywood of the Mexican League. Like they'll buy and they'll buy and they'll buy, and their midfielders are young and they're talented. And Andres Ibarguen is just. It's in that face out period. He's going to reach his thirties. He's injured. He's he he is 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 a decent player. He's he's a dynamic player in the aspect he's willing. He can beat his people on the left hand side, but that's as much as you can get, right? And 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 I think my whole issue with this whole thing is like he would be a, a welcome sight, but his his salary price was, I think. Six hundred or seven hundred thousand dollars, right? Yep. Um, and if we can't sign Molino for 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 more than that, I don't I don't really know how much we're willing to play this player. So, yeah, it seems it seems a weird thing. I've also been told that it's extremely unlikely. Also, Andy Greeter had tweeted out that basically, I think the team told him like, "There's nothing nothing to this." He didn't say who told him, but a source usually means. Eric Durkee texted him and said, no, there's nothing nothing to this. This is made up. Um, uh, Ramirez watch, Christian Ramirez. He's selling his yeah. couch. Selling his couch. Instagram so, stories. That means he's he's on his way. He's in. He's in. He's going to be our backup nine. Because um, everyone knows own... that Minnesota has better couches than Texas. Yeah. So you got to get rid of that garbage before you it's move It's much better than it, whatever the couch that... Uh, um, uh, Christian Pulisic. Christian was Pulisic was. <laughs> thank you for knowing exactly where I was going. Uh, that Christian hey, listen, Pulisic listen. Was, all of us, all of us, uh, 
Pennsylvania natives have yeah, we, uh, an elderly loved one who has conceived uh, an off, uh, you know, uh, an ancestor on that couch. <laughs> Wait, on that same couch? Yeah, it's it's or a couch. Exactly that, like so, it. so all only, your Pennsylvanians choose the same yeah, couch? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that's, 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 that's great. The first, it's the, a family it's birthing the, couch. The first, it's the, it's uh, the Pennsylvania uh, conception couch. The first bed that, that Lydia and I had uh, up, <laughs> up until like three, four years ago was an antique that she had bought because um, they're from like antique country in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And yeah. uh and it was like I think for the first couple of years we had like the original mattress too. And it was like someone died on this. Like at yeah. least multiple generations have died on this bed. That, and uh that that couch that 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 Pulisic uh so skillfully posed on is just covered in like Yingling and Hanover's pretzels crumbs. And my favorite response was, oh, he looks like he's the love child of Adam Levine and Drake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, let's go to Twitter questions. Alex Hintz says, what should the forward Madison cow be named? I don't know if you know this. You should go check it out. Forward Madison had a uh, an official cow last year. There was a baby that was born, a calf, as they call them. And now they've been doing a, a contest. The, the final eight were... Uh, Mugen Bovine. Oh, no. Mugen Bovino. Rose Lavaca. <laughs> Moo Sala, which is good. I can't believe that didn't get more votes. Roberta Levinkowski, also good. Muradana, amazing. Alex Mugen, less good. Rose Cowbell. Um, oh, that, that one doesn't work as well for me. It doesn't have as much of the original in it. And then the top vote getter... Right now is Conca Calf, uh, spelled C A L F. Um, that's my favorite one. The final that, two are Conca Calf and Rose Cowbell, which by far Conca Calf is amazing. So, Alex, I'll tell you that that should win. Um, Matt Axelson wants to know favorite meat substitutes, and he wants to know a favorite depth pick pickups. You're not going to tempt us that way, Matt. We're not going to do that. Anyone have um, favorite meat substitutes? Uh, I, I like I like beans. Okay. Some sort of some sort of beans, and I think Heath would use those beans um, as toast? a depth pick. Uh, yeah, yeah. As that that's his depth pickup. Chicken. Okay. <laughs> there we go. That chicken is no it. mock duck because I mean it's sort of in the whole thing of the whole loon and everything. Too. I'll, I'll yeah. say I've I've rarely had things like mock duck and things like that, but um. Uh, Muddy Waters, uh, rest in peace, um, was a fantastic place in Uptown. And they had mock duck Korean tacos. And it is one of the few foods I've thought about, like thought constantly about, like, oh, I need to go back there to eat that food, even though I rarely go into Uptown. And now that they're dead, I will never go into Uptown. But um, Fallon Moore wants to know, worst mistake you've ever made while traveling uh, Fallon, by the way, asks the best questions. Uh, so, Fallon, thank you. Worst mistake you've ever made while traveling? I have like a billion. So, anyone have a, a good one? I, I I don't have any like nightmare scenario traveling because I'm I'm overly neurotic about not itineraries, but just do I have all my documentation? Is everything in my bag in the right place? And is it easily accessible? And what are the blah 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 blah? Um, the, the worst moment that I can recall off the top of my head from traveling uh, was one of the first trips that my wife and I ever took together. We went to Montreal to go see U2 play, mm. but we couldn't 
because Bono broke his back on a bicycling accident, I think. So we just went to Montreal anyway, and it rained, and I only brought my Chuck Taylors, and they got soaking wet, and I was really mad. Yeah, that's a big mistake. That's so oh. terrible. Wow. Um, Here's mine. Yeah, go your, with yours, Mark. So I was in the Peace Corps. Uh, I was in Niger, and it was traveling. <laughs> Corey, Corey's uh, giving a great look to that. Yeah, sorry. In Niger. And, so I, was tra- and I was traveling between villages, and uh, we, you take bush taxis, which are basically like VW buses that have like 20 people crammed into like four rows of seats. And um, we... About halfway to where I was going, we had to stop to let some people off. And I made the mistake of um, buying a mutton skewer from a vendor who walked up to the bush taxi. Rookie move, man. And then uh, we had about an hour left of where I had to go. And about 30 minutes into that, I was like, oh, no, this was not good mutton. Uh, And it was, I had to like beg the... Like and also, I I did not speak very good Zarma because I'm you know an American who yeah. does not speak Zarma is not good at foreign languages, and um I had to try to explain nicely from three rows back to the driver why I need to force everybody to stop and pull over the side of the road so that I could uh, go do my thing because of this great mutton skewer. Um, what while while we're at this, uh, what what was your favorite city you visited uh, when you were in Africa? Uh, I mean, honestly, like I didn't, I mean, we no, we, we're great. I, awesome. Cool answer. Yeah. No, um, that's I mean, your worst travel. I, I flew into Niger. Answer. Like, I mean, there's, there's not great cities in Niger. Okay. I'm sorry. It's yeah. Oh, well, we've got a big, Niamh, I mean, Niamey is great. If you, I mean, we went to a zoo and it's like the most depressing zoo in the world. Okay. Rodrigo, do you have any, uh, worst mistakes you've ever made? Um, the scariest thing that ever happened to me is I traveled under an F2 visa and I went way back from Peru. This was in 97. I literally got detained by immigration at Houston for literally two hours. Mm. I was, what, 18, I think. And they wouldn't tell me why. They wouldn't tell me anything else. Um, they kept on asking me questions and the aspect of like, why are you going back to Minnesota? And I guess they couldn't understand that that's where I live and that's where I call home and that's where my parents are and my parents were F1 and literally, like, they held me for two hours and then they let me go. And then I had to run and pick up all my luggage and then run to the uh, the gate to be able to catch my connection flight. And as many people that actually are in my inner circle, no, that was the last time I visited Peru for that same reason. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've, uh, I, I've got lots of traveling mistakes. I miss flights a lot in my life, um, including one when I was going to visit my now wife, then fiance, and uh, miss my flight because uh, I forget why, but I was probably up late. And, uh, and, my mother-in-law literally asked, like, are you sure this guy's serious? Are you sure you want to marry him? Um, yeah. So the the worst thing I've actually seen is I have a, a, a very close friend of mine who I've traveled a lot with um, who is also um, a giant like me. And he's also extremely absent-minded. And uh, we were in Cuba in Havana and his passport fell out of his back pocket. 
And I was right behind him. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Like, we're in a country where we're not really... It's very lucky that we're here in 2003, right before the Iraq war is kicking off. And you just dropped your passport and kept on walking. And I picked it up. And anyway, that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Uh, he was also the same person who threw me against a wall in, in a Rome uh, train station because uh, we were arguing. So good friend. What 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 band were you arguing over? Uh, we were not arguing. We were arguing over um, uh, travel styles. I prefer to... Find a hotel when we get to a city. Uh, he preferred to find one eventually, and so we got to Rome. And I was mad that he. This was wait, his. wait, wait. The thing is not to book one ahead of time; is to like find one when you first get there, or to just like not worry about it. Not until, worry like, about it at all. Because I'm not. I'm not like I don't need everything planned out. I just need to know, like, hey, we've got big backpacks right now. Uh, where, what are we doing now? And, uh, and he was mad at me because I wanted to know where I could put my big backpack. So, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Oh, this is... Yeah. The, the 55-1 international uh, backpacking <laughs> trip is not going to go well. <laughs> well, no, I'm... Wait, wait. Because you're a planner, Corey. Oh, but I thought, I thought you were saying that you I, no, are I wanted cool, more. Like, just I finding want, one when you get there. No, no, no. I was cool finding one when we get there as long as we did it within when we got there. He just yeah. was even more laid back than me. That's that was okay. the argument. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was not yeah, gonna be fine. I, I still don't think I could deal with you if traveling now. It, it's mean, fine. It's fine. Mama Shreppel's got y'all. Wes Wes's friend is the person who like you go to the pub with after you get off your plane, and at two o'clock in the morning you try to find a mm-hmm. a cheap hotel that you 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 go and do that. That's that's, that's what Wes's friend yeah. is like. I will say I'm a very good traveler. Um, I, just, oh, I believe it. I just uh, I I. Goes a little bit more seat of the pants than I think Mama Shreppel would go, but um, mm, yeah, yeah. Mama, Mama Shreppel's not a. Anyway, uh, let's move on to um, uh, we've got um, John. Is it? Do you do you know John? Is it Manuel? John Manuel. I'm call I'm it say it. Uh, no left winger, no striker. Is there a plan for the loons or more cryptic messages about looking at great options uh, slash just tweeting out days of the week? Um, it's January 19th, and uh, we don't make signings until February 28th. If yep. that. Yeah. Yeah. When did trust Quintero in, came? Quintero came process. at like end of March. Um, yeah. We're like I mean, a, we're, we're, we're a mid-season international transfer window kind of team. Well, and, and Jan, I, John, I would say like um, embrace the panic. It's the time of year to panic. I mean, you have so many other things in the world that um, cause actual panic right now. Like, you know, will we have uh, a violent takeover of our government? Like, embrace the things that are completely meaningless and panic over those. Because then you at least can find it funny that we have no strikers. Um, <laughs> rather hey, than what like, about that guy? That sounds like a James Bond villain. Will we have uh, violence in our country? Um, yeah. Just uh, just just came in. Yeah. All South Americans took a vote, mm-hmm. and the attempted coup on the Capitol was labeled as an F minus. Yeah, in terms of what? What? How do you? you what you were rating? Didn't stick the landing. We didn't, didn't carry stick the landing. We didn't, we didn't carry Could, struck that. You couldn't couldn't convince any military actual folks to actually plan ahead of time. Or, I mean, well, the problem there were some military was from a South there. American there, 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 there weren't no Molotov cocktails. No, no, there no. The, the big problem from a South cocktails. American standpoint was that there was not enough coordination with the U.S. Embassy 
to make a good yeah. coup because all the good That's coups right. in That's South right. America right. have U.S. embassy support, and That's the U.S. Right. embassy in D.C. did not support. And the CIA coup. was not a part of this. That's exactly the yeah. that is a big yeah. thing. The yeah. CIA was not able to be part of this. You're yeah. Correct. You got to get that one, uh, you know, like sixty year old guy smoking a smoking a cigarette in every, uh, like in every season of Narcos, every sh- movie like that. Yeah, you got to get that guy. Um, last question. Um, uh, Cristiano wants to know, he, he says, there seems like there's a good chance of a non-white secondary kit. What are the odds the club had significant input on design versus off the rack? Any preferences, wishes for secondary? Um, yes, I have lots of thoughts. So let me let me answer the second one. They definitely have. It's not off the rack stuff. Um, they have input. I My only in is to random people who kind of semi-know things and what I was told is that the white one is being de- redone and, uh, and the, the people that, uh, yeah, that there was kind of some interesting parts to it. I didn't get any sense that it would be blown away before the loon kit, the wing kit came out. I got a, a, a sense from the, my one connection that it was going to be great. Like that uh, wing kit was, if you, if you love it. Um, I don't, get that sense yet, but it is going to be a, a step up from the, um, the white drift kit. I, so, so some background here is that like Adidas has come out and, and said, at least in some of the various rando Twitter, social media accounts that they want to move away from just the, the white t-shirt away kits. Now Columbus, which has been, um, there's only been a few leaks um, Atlanta has a pretty cool looking third kit that's going to be coming out. Um, a couple other teams have some stuff happening. Columbus has a white a white away kit this year. Um, I would, I think the odds are are good that we'll have a non white away kit. I would love a light blue, or I'm lobbying for a what I'm calling a loon's eye red away kit. I think would look super rad or maybe as a third kit um i mean what we know it's a it's a two-year cycle with adidas and uh yeah i don't other than the the wing kit i don't think we're going to get a ton of input other than here are your options which combination do you want no and also as far as whether it's going to be like an all white kit or not the, the columbus thing i don't know if that's too much of a indicator for the rest of the league just because from what I heard is that Columbus is going white for their away because right now their home is black. So they want to basically make their uh, a full yellow kit their home kit. So they have to wait a cycle to do so. So that's why they're going white for their away because and they're getting rid of the yellow away kit, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, I would, I mean, again, just like what I would want, like, just a powder blue, baby. Just give it to I me. I love I mean, the powder I mean, blue. The, it's my favorite, but... The the leaks, I mean, it, it, you know, I'm looking at uh, footyheadlines.com, which has really reliable leaks. I mean, Atlanta's got their black home kit with the five, like, pinstripes down the middle, which I don't think looks great. But then uh, their third kit is like a maroon, like, two-color kit. It's like a maroon uh, third kit. Um, Austin is the is the green and black. Uh, Does Columbus anyone know away. if... If Minnesota United sold enough kits to qualify for the third kit, I don't, I don't know because I, I think, think so. you have to sell like a no. hundred thousand. Probably, probably kits not or something unless like that. unless they did it with the wing kit. Um, um, Columbus is a white away. Cincinnati's got their their thing. Inter 
Miami's basically using the same stuff. Um, LAFC is doing like a, it's called linen. So it's basically like what Man U had last season for their away kit, like their flesh colored thing. Um, oh. LA Galaxy's got like a black, green, and white away kit. Look, all I, so, all I know is I want a dark color kit because if I were to spill food or anything on a gray or a white kit, like I'd have to go and like wash it and treat it and put shout on <laughs> yeah, it. Washing shit, it's not. And then cool. there's just and I'm just like you know what like 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 you know like like the black hearts kit like it's great if I if I if I spill something on it I just wash it and it's great and I'm done with it. But like if it was gonna be like a wider that's why I haven't bought a kit yet. I haven't bought a, I haven't bought a, one of those because it's like if I spill something or my kids spill something on it. I'm going to spend the next 35 minutes trying to get the stain out so it doesn't hit. And, and total total dad moment right here. But I, I just don't want to spend that kind of time pre-treating anything that I don't have to have to if, if it's a dark kit. No, I completely agree. I just had this conversation today because uh, I saw somebody posted the um, the uh, Minnesota Whitecaps, the women's professional soccer or mm-hmm. professional hockey team, uh, posted a picture of their like uh, – home jerseys for this season and they're awesome like they have like a like a landscape across the bottom they're white they're great but i was like in a uh text chain or text uh, thread i was like i can never buy a white jersey i have two white hockey jerseys and they both have mustard stains on them because the only thing at a hockey game that is free for food is condiments and i always go way too heavy on them and all my jerseys are covered in mustard this is this is an art exhibit that i want which is just sloppy dad's kits and you just, it's just all the stained kits that go up on the wall. That's, that's oh, whatever cool. that guy is who played goalkeeper who ate the meat pie. I want no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. No, I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? He, he um, got in trouble because he, uh, he, he was a big FA Cup thing and he was a very large man who played goal for, for this, um, small team and he actually got in trouble because there was a batting company that was like will he eat a pie a, a pie during the game and then he went and ate a pie during the game and it was like uh i think that he just broke a betting law yeah was, this right. was like three years ago two years ago i cannot remember any of the other details of the actual team name but we all know there's the pie but i want his jersey with a meat pie stain on it Here's the th- here's the thing. Like I don't know if you I, if we have an exhibition of like stained jerseys, I want it to be kind of like how uh, Christian Ramirez is doing his man cave with all like the 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 jerseys that he's collected from people he's played against uh, on his uh, in his garage. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see yeah, what he's doing. Yeah, it looks there. great. Do you think he washes those? No. no, you never wash them. No, you never, you never wash, wash them. You never I wash them. I love that he love that he's got uh, Miguel's. Uh, was it when he played with Leon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he's and then got uh, Ibsen's Ibsen. jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got, you know, he's got like, you know, who's he got? He's got Ibrahimovic. Yeah, and then I don't know who else he's, he's got, got. He's got like Perlo. He's got a bunch of people in there. And then, and then Ibsen, mm-hmm. <laughs> as uh, you do. Ibsen is perfectly in that category. Um, all right, I will take no more Ibsen uh, insults. My name is Wes Berdine. This has been the Fifty Five One Podcast. Thank you, everyone. Thank you to our Patreons who support us, and we'll see you in the Slack. Uh, if you don't support us, you can go to uh, Patreon dot something 
find us on 5501. I have no idea how to find it. And you can support us. Um, You're so horrible. Yeah, I'm not good at it. I don't like asking for money. www.patreon.com backslash 551. There we go. Um, anyway, thank you for uh, being part of this. We appreciate doing this. It's great to talk to you guys. Uh, everyone will, uh, I think, next week. I think if we have a country, we'll be alive next week. Then cool. Yeah.